Hello, I'm Michael Eisner. Tonight we have a very special guest joining us to celebrate the Christmas season. Hi there, Michael. Kermit, it's a pleasure to have you here with us. Well, listen, it's a pleasure to be here, too. And, you know, on behalf of all the Muppets, we'd like to wish everybody out there a very Merry Christmas. And a Merry Christmas from us as well. Mm -hmm. And Kermit, by the way, the Disney gang went out and chipped in to buy you a little present. Really? Yes. Guess who picked it out? Oh, it's a Goofy hat. Goofy picked it out? Yeah. Terrific. Naturally. Well, thank you. There we go. Uh, who turned out the lights? Welcome to the Parkscope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. Joining me tonight is Mike. Mike, how was your Christmas? Hey, guys. It was good. good. Too short. Um, you know, that's the plight of the working man, but here we are. <laughs> it sounds like you like toil in the fields all day. <laughs> <laughs> the same, you know. Yeah, and then also joining us. We all have sorry. different kinds of fields, you know. Some of us are in cubicles, some of us are in books. It's all relative. Production. Talking about fields, other fields. Also joining us tonight is Nick. Nick, how are you doing? Doing good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How was your Christmas? Uh, you know, just the typical, you know, gold teeth, gray goose chipping in the bathroom type of stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that song. <laughs> I do too. I love that song. <laughs> and talking about tripping in the bathroom, uh, Sean. Sean, how are you doing? How was your Christmas? Uh, it was fantastic. Get anything good? Pacific Rim, cancel the apocalypse. There you go. I got <laughs> no. I got. I got like. Mo- I got mo- uh, two movies. I got Despicable Me too. Nice. Um, and then I also got FIFA from my grandparents. So we can play. Yeah, I haven't even oh. opened it yet. And Knack. Knack, Knack for Knack PS4. is good. Knack is good. Yeah. You guys, uh, uh, Nick and Mike, did you guys get anything good? I got ice mold spheres, ice sphere molds for cocktails. Nice. Of course, my she bought, My parents bought my um, my class ring from graduating college finally for me. So oh, that's yeah, very I saw cool. That. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. I got a kegerator, which means I'm nice and grown up. <laughs> Joe, I got single. I got an animated movie, a movie about giant monsters and giant robots fighting in two video games. You're yeah, clearly more grown up than I am. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. <laughs> I got suits and coats. I'm the real adult here. Yeah. I got socks, underwear, and a bow tie also. So I got I got lots of socks and underwear. I was very so specific. Like... I was very specific to say I want mine from J. Crew because I don't want to get it from like, you know, random Hane stuff, so I'm trying to go a little upper class now. So anyway. I got football jerseys and baseball hats, so nice. apparently I'm I'm the slacker. You are the slacker. <laughs> Well, enough about the Parkscope uh, Christmas cast. Uh, let's dive into it right now. Um, we're going to have a good show for you today. We have a bunch of news and opinions. So uh, let's get into it. Um, coming out recently, well, uh, I guess we should probably you know, oh. tease it a little bit. We have some, uh, some kind of big news maybe coming later. I don't know. So stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, is it your engagement, Mike? <laughs> maybe maybe not <laughs> okay um starting off uh just quick uh coverage that uh i believe it was attractions magazine uh covered some of the Diagon Alley uh aerial photos from recently and also um our friends of the podcast west west coaster uh net 
uh, took a bunch of photos of Hollywood, um, Hollywood's expansion for Potter and how that looks right now. So, um, what are you guys' thoughts on them? Have you looked at them yet? Question mark? Comments? You guys, why are they theming the rooftops of Diagon Alley? It seems like a waste. <laughs> I can't believe when I saw someone say that. That just blew my mind. Why are they seeing that? You might not be able to see it. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> oh. I didn't look at anything Hollywood because I don't. It's care. just dirt. It's it's yeah. they're pushing dirt and they're putting down foundations. But at least it's happening now. So <clears throat> yeah, you know, I just... that that project is totally uninteresting to me until something new comes along. Right. If anything yeah. ever does. And from the sound yeah. of the sound of it, it sounds like it's going to be once it opens, it'll be Forbidden Journey with some new features, which we won't know about until it opens. So, right. yeah. Really? Has someone said that? Uh, hate to fly. Hate to fly. Friend of show, hate to fly, has suggested that uh, some new, either updated scenes or expanded scenes, or like an actual proper scene with um, the weeping, uh, Whomping willow is going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, again, we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Well, he said that um, Tokyo was going to be different than ours, and then Hollywood's is going to be different than Tokyo. <laughs> so it's like they're going to up the, the ante with every version, apparently. Yeah, possibly. So. Also, uh, my understanding, though, is that also Tokyo may be a little, um, based on discussions with uh, Disney fans, that they generally don't have as intense thrill rides. So maybe the ride right. profile may be less intense or something like that. So I'm not really sure. Well, the rumor is the the new profiles that they've been testing out at Orlando were for Tokyo. Okay, there you go. Okay, so they're theming the rooftops and ground is being uh, dirt's being pushed around, right? Basically, <laughs> yep. basically what we're getting at. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, it's gonna be like that for a long time because of the California building codes. They have a lot to do. Um, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I mean, we've seen this before, guys, and we've seen Diagon Alley. So it's like. Eh been there done that yeah it's just interesting to see what it looks like now um and also possibly having the scaffolding down by the uh, potter celebration in a few weeks which could be you know, cool but it's, I'm not, not sure. it's not even the biggest project going on at hollywood right now despicable me land is coming along and they're adding Huge. super silly fun oh yeah there. i forgot about that yeah. um is that, so, is that awesome is that getting Everybody's is pining way over dirt piles being moved around there's actually a, a land being built <laughs> in hollywood are they, is that going to be getting the Simpsons imagine. treatment where it's going to get a flat ride and some little additions like that in the area? Yeah, it's getting a spinner. Spinner. Mm-hmm. It looks like a, maybe a little roller coaster, maybe? I don't know. A kitty coaster? Really? I, I don't know. I mean, it, they have a super silly fun land attached to this area, so I don't, I don't know. It may be something like, you know, Gadget's Go Coaster, Goofy, you know, some, the Goofy's whatever whatever thing in uh, Mexican yeah. Kingdom, maybe. You know, that generic Vakoma um, Skater. Yeah, and then they're they're planning on having Minion Mayhem open in April. April, the camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I thought it was going to be later than that. So that's the, that's the secret surprise at Universal Studios Hollywood that nobody's talking about. There we go. That was our exclusive of the uh, podcast. <laughs> um, no, just just kidding. Um, I guess next um, on our our list of. Uh, of depressing news, I guess we're hitting the depressing news bit now. Um, the monorail we're, we're, maintenance. We're already moving on from Diagon Alley. 
well, our, our, I thought we were done. We moved on from that to what? What, what do you guys want to talk about diagonality? Well, in in one of the pictures or two of the pictures, is one of the buildings very clearly is labeled Flourish and Blots. Mm-hmm. So, oh, well, yeah, I completely missed that. Yeah, I see. Yeah, um, yeah, it's in the it's building sixty five, which is what contains mostly Ollivanders. But the corner of it is mm-hmm. Flourish and Blots, and it says it in big spray painted letters. I think that's just <laughs> oh, really? where it's at. Yeah. And that was actually, I think, that was what was mistakenly thought to be Wizard, Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes in that picture that um, somebody posted on OU two weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. Like yeah. through the wall, the, the, okay. the purple mm-hmm. windows, or the purple windows are next to it, or something like that. But that's beyond the bridge to nowhere. And I'll. Uh, Weasley's is before the Bridge to Nowhere or directly under it. I'm not quite sure. I'm, I think it's right before it. Yeah. Yeah. Weasley's is like the first thing go, that you're going to see, I think. It looks like it's like immediately to the right after you get right. in there. Yeah. Um, but some just some basic observations of these photos. They've added onto the Bridge to Nowhere in the Goblin mm-hmm. Alley area, I guess we're going to call that for now on, which is the the area between the Green Gods show building and Ollivander's building. Um, the facades are very tall, very, very tall, and it looks very Usually claustrophobic tall. and cramped, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the outside, they've started adding a lot of paint to the London facade, and it looks like that could possibly open for the, uh, or not open, but you know, c- clear of scaffolding for the Potter celebration in January. Um, which would be nice or if not very close yeah something that all these fans could take pictures of you know maybe they'll put some some, uh, some posters because by that time they'll have announced it fully on uh, January 23rd yeah or 24th yep 23rd the 23rd. webcast <clears throat> and if you haven't already you got to sign up for that people the uh, webcast have you guys gotten an email about it yet or nope nothing no I haven't either no. so I was just checking so alright cool um, let's, let's keep the depressing news on for a minimum. Let's stay at, uh, Universal, um, New Year's Eve at, uh, or at the park, um, at studios is going to be, uh, it's going to be the, do you think it's going to be the dubstep? They're doing the city spec New Year's Eve. I, I think you can expect blurred lines. Of course. It's gonna, yeah. It's going to be all big pop music. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of thing that you see at, uh, you know, Disney and all that stuff, the same kind of blurred lines, wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see a minion on the wrecking ball if they do that. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, kind of like the you won't see Joe because no lifestyle will go there and videotape this. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. No, I'll got to go because, to Epcot and see the same Epcot we, show we've seen yes, for. We, we need a millionth video of illuminations. The same illumination show. Well, we need to know what five different shells were this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, and also for City Walk, they're opening Enhitos uh, for drinks before uh, um, on and entertainment. and entertainment and entertainment. But guys, they're killing well, the nightlife. The killing the nightlife. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Just imagine if they weren't killing the nightlife, how crazy it would be. And then, in addition to that, uh, Blue Man Group's been adding new, more shows for the holidays. And for that doesn't make any sense, Joe. Yeah, that they're closing that to replace it with the Wicked musical, I thought. No, guys, guys, guys. They're just getting rid of all their extra like streamers and stuff so they can close and get Wicked in there. They're getting rid of uh, all the extra Twinkies and uh, uh, Captain Crunch. 
Exactly. They're just getting rid of all their, their you know, inventory, and then, then they'll open. All the blue grease paint, all the yep. toilet paper. They just got to clearancing it out just so they can move Wicked in 2014. <laughs> and the polar coaster. Y'all are behind on your rumors well, because well, no, Wicked no, no, has no, been replaced coaster, by the Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> Whoop, did Mike go out? I think he did. Uh, oh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Oh, you're here? Okay, we cut you out at Harry Potter. You're like, Harry Potter, and I'm just like, uh-oh. Yeah. The Harry Potter prequel stage production has replaced Wicked now. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Clearly, that's our false rumor. I mean, our awesome, correct rumor <laughs> of the uh, of the day here. No, we all know the only one that's going to happen out of the things we just said is Polar Coaster, because hashtag confirmed. <laughs> yes, Polar Coaster's <laughs> coming. Um... Yeah, I guess that's. Is there any other things uh, happening um, at Universal right now? You can think of? Hype train has left the station and is oh, going yes. full speed yes. ahead. Choo choo! Get on the train, guys. Hashtag capital, all caps, hype. Hype. Caps lock hype. Come on, ride the train. Okay, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> there were two video teasers released and a promotional artwork piece. Which we've seen before, but... Yes, mm-hmm. but not officially. But still... Yeah, it wasn't official, and it was kind of like a low-resolution from a brochure that was given the cast. Mm-hmm. So, it's nice to see some... Is it? I mean, is it really high quality, or is it just kind of, you know, 800 by it's, 600? It's still kind of the, the no. poor CGI from the first film. Ew. Of the bricks. The very bad... So, I don't know. So but that, that's something to talk about. Um, you could talk about the... the uh, so you had the first teaser, which was showing a bunch of empty um, tourist destinations that you would normally see full of people during the summertime. Um, museums, beaches, such things. Water parks. Water and slides. And summer 2014, vacation as you know it will change forever or something to that effect. Yeah. Uh, and then, so mm-hmm. that, that teaser was called Empty Spaces or Empty Places. And then the next yeah. day, they put out a a real diagonally teaser with all the iconic moments of that experience, where you know, walking through Diagon, being in Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, riding through Gringotts, and uh, you know what's interesting, things. and I think it's going to be a real surprise for people who aren't following the uh, the news and rumors is they haven't said anything about Nocturne yet. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. And you can't see it from right. anything. It's all inside. So that'll be a big surprise for some people, which will be fun. Yeah, and uh, a major um, focal point of these teasers is the brick wall effect of entering Diagon Alley. Um, it was in the second teaser video, and it's featured. That That is the promotional artwork piece with the, the bricks opening up. So do we think this is really going to happen in some capacity? Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it may not be for everyone, but it'll happen. And you, yeah, no, it's going to happen it. for every single person that goes into that. And people are going to bitch and moan about it, and I'm going to love it. Well, is it going to be... I mean, we thought, was it going to be just bricks spinning and opening and kind of closing again? Or is I, it I like, mean, but I always open? Or is it going to be a show? I don't know, but I guarantee you every single person that goes into the land is going to have to go through it. I think it's going to be open. That's just. I mean, 
you can load it just like they load the elevators at um, Men in Black to enter. Right? Remember how everyone was so amazed when we got those aerials to see how far, how much space was between the London yeah. facades <laughs> and the waterfront? You want to know uh, why? Yeah. That's going to be Diagon Alley Q to get in. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And they'll be able to control crowd flow and all that yep. fun stuff. And, and it's going to, people are going to bitch, but I don't give a crap. That is going to be awesome. You bitch about authenticity, that. people. Kiss exactly. Everyone always wants as authentic as possible, and then when they get authentic, they're like, oh, "I don't, oh, I don't want to wait in line. The shops are too small. <laughs> You're in a the, goddamn the- theme park. That's literally what they are there for. <laughs> wait in line, enjoy your freaking show, and then leave. And we're getting the bridge of nowhere because of you assholes. So <laughs> yeah, enjoy exactly. it. The, the only thing that water? has me wondering. I am. <laughs> <laughs> unprofessional back to show one yeah unprofessional podcast <laughs> the um the only thing that has me wondering if it's going to actually happen is that you know the shots that they took on um ou you saw with the, the tall guy took it over the wall it's just mm-hmm. a wide open hole right now so it seems like For if now, that was going to be something in and out. but it seems like if there if, if it was going to be something it would already be becoming something because everything else is already becoming something that's going to be part yeah. of an attraction no, so that's, that's just the only thing. That'll be a finishing I'm, touch. I'm wondering if, if it's, it's going to be. I'm, I'm if wondering it's gonna if it's going to be mechanical. No, I'm going. If it's going to be mechanical, <laughs> it's it's going to be installed last. I, if it's going to be mechanical, it's going to be installed last. I mean, you'll see yeah. foundations or some sort of setup for it, but it will. Okay. Be, yeah. I agree with you. Well, there is something kind of there right now, and it's something that I caught when I was first – when I was there in August or maybe even before that. There's this upside – or this uh, piece of uh, metalwork, and there's a few of them that go down. It's kind of like um, half a hexagon sort of or – Yeah. You know, okay. where it's like angles down and then straight. So there's something going on, um, but you really can't know without knowing. I guess, <laughs> um, but they, they wouldn't know yeah. anything until they pour a slab there and make it, you know, final. I'm just wondering if it's going to be something like um, when they had the, the parks and resorts um, pavilion at uh, D23 a few years ago, and you had to go in and they showed you the big thing, and then the screen just kind of opened up, and you walked into that show's place. If it's going to be something along that lines, or if it's going to be like something like Sean's saying, that it's going to be like actual mechanical bricks that are going to move out the way, or what? Or like the story time with Belmere. That's what I think yeah. it's going to be like. Yeah, something like that. Possibly. Okay. Are you guys done with that? <laughs> sure. Um, hype train. Hype train. Choo choo. Twenty fourteen. Hype train. No, no one's going to be at them on the cruise ship or in the water slide because they're on the hype train. There you go. Patient, <laughs> as you know, it is changing in twenty fourteen. Hype train. Deal. Why did everybody hate that? Um, anyway, so. yeah. anyway um, let's go to the depressing news now. Uh, monorail shutting down for eight hours a day, give or take, for yeah. quote maintenance. It's totally not busy any time during the day. Yeah. Wait, what? You know, what? Nobody leaves Magic Kingdom at three after the three o'clock parade at all. Nobody, nobody leaves <laughs> the mass exodus. In January, they're going to be shutting down the monorail. I believe between eleven and seven, or ten and six, or something. Yes. For maintenance, and I believe they're saying it's on the track, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, it it's, has to be more than just the trains because they could do oh, trains. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to think that too. I mean, come on. But guys, they're adding more watercraft and buses to pick up the slack. Yeah, why else do they yeah. add that whole new um, loop as and, a, and, and put everyone in the... Uh, and, and, well, they added the whole new loop, and they're also moving all the uh, exchange lines over to the Magic Kingdom from the TTC. Yep. As a former Watercraft cast member, there is no extra Watercraft to add. I was going to say, I know for yeah. a fact that there's no more Watercraft that they can add. Unless they're they, going to somehow magically transport, like, teleport friendship boats over there or something. I, or well, they have, they have the two, they have MK1 and MK2, which they use for the fireworks voyages at night. But they're slow as molasses. And <laughs> basically, the docks are busy as they are already. So adding, yeah. and it, yeah. it's just, I don't know. And there's no boat to contemporary, so that's just they're yeah, there drive. But they could walk. No. To there take isn't. you have to take boat to Wilderness Lodge and then take Slodge. a launch to okay. I think there might be one extra launch also, but you know, they actually need more boats for the current service. They need an extra cruiser for the lodge. Yes, they do. Desperately need one. Yeah. Because you can't bring strollers or ECVs on launches. Without nope. folding up the stroller. Yep. Here's the official um, news uh, from Walt, our friends of the podcast, Walt Disney World Magic. Starting January 21st, 2014, <laughs> Magic Kingdom Resort and Express Beam will close on weekdays starting at 11.30 p.m. and 7 p.m. And Wait. We'll, we'll close on... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I think they mean between, but they say they're closing at 11.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. for maintenance. Yeah. Yeah, so it's between... I'm, yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it, it should say between, not and, but whatever. The work is expected to be ongoing and end of March 2014. The Epcot so when beam, does it start, sorry? The 21st of January. Okay. So you're good, I think. Yeah. During the, during the work, additional buses and watercraft be available, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Disney has been recently installing infrastructure to support automation of the monorail system, although it is not clear if this closure is related to this. Nah. No, it's not. No. It's to the track. Oh, I forgot maybe. that they're automating it. Ugh. I'm okay with automation. It's fine. I'm okay with automation, but it doesn't matter when the monorails are shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they're those... putting all this money into the old trains. Now they'll right. be around for longer. Yay. Like, oh, those trains... Like, I give Disney a lot of shit, and I'm usually being facetious. Well, I mean, I give them shit, but I'm usually a little bit in the hyperbole or a lot in the hyperbole depending but the monorails <laughs> literally are shitty mm-hmm. they're disgusting they are absolutely they're disgusting they're they're like, just nasty they that is something that disney should be embarrassed about those monorails they're awful and it's something and, that nearly everyone rides or wants right. to ride it's the most iconic right. thing there and it's the first experience you get is parking in a giant parking lot and then jo- and then riding in a giant uh, traveling porta potty with like fifty of your closest friends. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like again, I I do give them too much shit sometimes, but not on this monorail stuff. The monorails are awful. They smell Sam, terrible. Sean, too. you just don't understand the thesis and yeah. how emotive they are. If the ethos if I, surrounding the Walt Disney World monorail system is unparalleled the philadelphia subway system is cleaner than the the monorails and that's bad trust me <laughs> yes chicago's worse 
I mean, well, no, Chicago's. Yeah, yeah Chicago's. Yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, monorails need to clean up, especially going to Disneyland and seeing their nice new monorails that are shiny and sleek. You know, I actually didn't do the monorail out there. But. It's really nice. They're, those are really yeah. nice. It, I'm, but they're completely different. I mean, right. they're, they're nothing like what the Disney World monorails are. So there you go. Um, they serve a different purpose. Yeah, they pretty much do. Um, one's, you know, an actual ride that happens to be a transportation mechanism, and the other one's a transportation mechanism purely and utterly. Um, yeah. So, monorail shutting down eight hours a day. Uh, next piece of depressing news. Uh, How is that different than it usually is, though? I mean, it's always broken down throughout the day anyway. <laughs> this time they're announcing it ahead of time. That's a difference. Now it's just officially closed. <laughs> Now it won't be news when it actually happens and people bitching and moaning and it, people reminding them. They'll just be like, oh, yeah, didn't you hear the news? Um, Watercraft's also, better anyway, guys. Yeah, spoken yeah, like a true unbiased person there. Uh, <laughs> next bit of depressing news, I believe it's All-Stars, right? Yeah. <laughs> All-Star has... Sports. All-Star Sports. Sports. We've, hit, we've hit the... I don't... It, are we just... A meta, meta, meta commentary on the Disney Corporation. Is it a Mandelbrot set? I'm not, I'm, I'm not really sure what it is, but there is a hidden Mickey, hidden Mickey guy, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Steve Barrett, uh, I believe that's his name, of Barrett, hidden Mickey, yeah. Barrett of the Hidden Mickey books are is now a hidden Mickey <laughs> in the All-Star Resorts, uh, I believe it's sports. Um, food court. Food court. So... <laughs> Yeah. How about that? <laughs> We've officially reached Inception, everybody. Yes, that's what I was looking for, like, Inception. It, <clears throat> just the fandom has now turned back into itself, and we're turning into, like, just this giant, disgusting monster. Well, I mean, when, when the people designing everything are their biggest fans, you know, what do you expect? And then, I mean, as we said in the pre-show, getting ready for the show, the hidden Mickey thing is the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, like, 95% of them aren't real hidden Mickeys in that book. They're just like, if you squint, uh, if you close one eye, squint, and turn your head to the left, that kind of looks like a hidden Mickey. Mm -hmm. At the right point in time and day and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> we had, I, uh, the story I was, uh, was going to mention in the uh, pretty sure that we did, but I was to mention here is that I was at California Adventure the first day, and I was waiting to do the Carthay Circle tour, and it was just it was about five minutes before the tour, and this family just bursts up in front of us and says, "We're here to look for the hidden Mickey. We want where's the hidden Mickey?" And it's like ten fifteen in the morning. <laughs> it's the park has been open slightly longer than an hour, and they're searching for hidden Mickey's in one of the nicest areas in California Adventure. Just looking on the ground. Their, their heads aren't up. They're not enjoying the atmosphere. They're not enjoying the awesome, you know, streetmosphere and music playing. They have a he one head in a book, one head looking at the flooring, looking for a stupid hidden Mickey in, um, in Carthay Circle. So it was just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. yeah, sure, they can be cool, you know, they could be fine, but it's it's gotten to the point where it seems to be... Yeah, falling upon itself. It's it's become its own thing that just doesn't make sense. Okay. So, originally, these were done by Imagineers as kind of like a wink-wink kind of private thing, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And somehow, it's... this leaked out, 
and then it became this whole other thing. And now they forcefully put them in places and make them way too obvious. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and now we have the guy who made all this happen <coughs> memorialized in a resort. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy, and you know, I'm sure people really enjoy the book and get lots of enjoyment. It's just this is uh, this is very weird. <laughs> there's a there's a line that's been crossed here uh, somewhere. And I also do not think he means any harm or anything like no, that. No, no, that, but, no. He doesn't. Know, no, and we don't. And that's not what we're trying to imply. What we're trying to say here is that when you design something and you have a design outlook and you have a, a theory and a concept and you execute it um we you know i'm seeing it as kind of a losing track of what's going on or not understanding what's going on or just becoming mm-hmm. a fan yourself and not having an objective look and stepping back saying this is getting ridiculous well i mean it's it's cool like whenever you're riding through the haunted mansion and you see the plates and you you notice that it's but that's not an official one that's not an official one i don't I'm just saying. Ooh. Or if you're riding through um, Spaceship Earth and then you go past the burning library scene and you have the scrolls with the monk and it forms a Mickey head. You know, it's cool to notice these things, but it should not be something that people are going to the park to specifically do. Or ignoring um, everything around them. And just exactly. kind of going – instead of enjoying what – instead of enjoying it, yeah. it's becoming their main focus. It's like it's – like it's like focusing on the, uh, the, the wrapping paper and not the present. Right. I mean, yeah, that's kind of how I look at it, too. So. Now, is this an indictment on how stale the parks are? Well, first <laughs> of all, they would have to add them. So that means that they have to do refurbishments. <laughs> but um, I, I don't think it's an indictment for how stale the parks are. I think it's just more of a – it's not a, a cause-effect relationship directly. I think it's more of a, you know, more ice cream is sold in the summer because it's hot. Not necessarily I, more ice cream. Is sold I think in I just summer. see it as if you're if you're. I feel like the hidden Mickey thing's only for fans who go all the time. Yes, um, and unless you're a local and you're going to the parks, just to, like I mean, a local, I could see you know it's a little like thing to spice up going to the parks all the time. But if you're like someone traveling down there and you're just going to see hidden Mickey's. It's it's time to go to Walt Disney World less. Drop, I mean, dropping thirteen hundred dollars on plane tickets for your whole family to go run around yeah. looking at flooring. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's time to maybe like take a trip somewhere else for one trip. <laughs> um, there are two cool theme parks a little bit down I four. You know, make a little effort. Yes, just try them for you know for two days. You know, <laughs> you know, just just a few miles down the road. People. You may get lost not knowing where hidden Mickey's are, but you may be surprised. <laughs> um, I guess that's our kind of our uh, our news for this week. Um, I have a 2013 look back, but that's just more depressing news. So that's just um, something that brought, uh, a friend of the show, Tom Bricker, brought up. Um, limited time magic, uh, <laughs> and and basically, oh, I feel like. He said, you know, and, and also Andy, Ca- friend of the show Andy Castro and friend of the show everyone else have mentioned is that <laughs> we have lots of friends, friends, friends of the show, uh, Wedway to Wedway Radio and all that stuff. Looking back on the year, like they're doing their year uh, wrap up posts and podcasts, and they're almost depressed from just seeing all limited time magic stuff and Starbucks openings. Well, that's <laughs> all. It, that's all that happened at Disney in 2013. Yes, exactly. 
or my magic plus, you know, poop in the bed. Not working. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Poop in the floor. And it's like, fun until it poops on the floor. The most exciting thing that happened Disney wise is we actually saw something from Avatar that won't open for another four years. Yeah. So there you go. And I mean, limited time management, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. The problem is that they wanted to do it every week. So the issue is you get stickers and you get cupcakes instead of, you know, the one awesome. I mean, they had probably like 10 good events, but then 42 pieces of shit. Nick, what are yeah. you going to say? Yeah, did y'all watch the little video that they did on the Disney Parks blog about a retrospective of limited time magic? No. no. <laughs> it was it was kind of sad. <laughs> is it just I mean, the, the biggest thing that they yeah they actually talked about merchandise ahead, for Nick. half of it and the other half was the um the characters that are um you know never out anymore that they brought back out it, uh, they didn't even whatever. mention the tours they did those were cool no no they didn't even talk about like um phil holmes actually going into the magic kingdom for once um <laughs> none of that was really on you know there. i've got to say so, that's probably the coolest thing they did the tours, yeah, like, and I'm surprised they did it as much as they did it. That that one's kind of surprising. They had a few in Disneyland, and they had a few in Disney World, and I think that was awesome. It, it, I feel like that's the way you need to do this kind of things. Instead of sending people out on Twitter and doing all that, you know, razzmatazz, you know, get Imagineers out there talking to people and doing tours and stuff like that. It's dedication to the fan base, and you know, you get, I mean, and it gets people interested. And going back no, into the parks like they don't go to, like Animal Kingdom. <laughs> no, I, I don't want Imagineers. I, I think it's good that it's the vice presidents doing this. I, oh, yeah. Well, that too. I, I was, they have to go through the parks. They have to see these things, and they have to interact with fans. I was looking. I was thinking, talking about the Animal Kingdom Everest tour, but yeah, also the other yeah. ones too. But yeah, I like the tours. I thought that one, those were good. I feel like, um, uh, besides the complete shit show that it was, the, uh, the Friday 13th one at Hollywood yeah. Studios was a good idea, just poorly executed. Mm-hmm. Considering that they announced it in January and they had, a, you know, nine freaking months to do it. <laughs> um, hey, and Bob Iger was at May the 4th Be With You. Yeah, exactly. Confirmed. Yeah. <clears throat> so, All right, here's the thing about limited time magic. Lay it down on us. They, sh- they should have, n- first of all, like, there were cool things that they did. The problem was this half-baked, stupid idea that they have to have a marketing campaign every single year yes. really screwed them this year. Limited Time Magic, they could have never made up Limited Time Magic and just did like the cool stuff that they did all throughout the year, and people would have been praising 2013. I mean, not like like announcement-wise or anything, but they would have been. they would have said, we didn't have a stupid marketing campaign that we've had for the past six years and they gave us all these cool little things throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And it would have been so much better. But because they had to make up this stupid limited time magic thing, it got derided and made fun of. Yeah. I mean, they've been pretty much doing a a new park opening in 98. Or they've been doing a celebration of some sort since basically the 25th anniversary. Am I, right. am I wrong? I mean, they did that. They did 25th anniversary. They did... Animal Kingdom opening. They did the Millennium Celebration. They did 100 Years of Magic. Then they did all the miscellaneous other ones they did. The giveaways and the bring your family and all that stuff. Celebrate right. you. Yeah. Cele- yeah. 
Um, yeah. So that I guess that's that and my Magic Plus, which we've discussed enough already, I believe. Um, well, we're so, going to be discussing it more. Yeah, we're going um, <laughs> Yeah. So who wants to open this up? Uh, Mike, me? Okay. Uh, you're the one who I'll kind have, of brought it up to yeah, us. Yeah, Mike. Yep. Okay. Um, last night, we got a um, message from a um, secret friend of the show who uh, asked to remain anonymous. Um, secret Santa. Yeah, got a little bladed Christmas gift. Um, this is pretty much going to send some waves through the fan communities, plural. Um, there was a patent filed last year for review, and it was published on December 12th of this year. Universal is looking at their own sort of My Magic Plus type system. Um, there's no uh, timeline for when it would come out or if it will ever happen, but there is a patent out there um, with some of the some similar features to what we know about Mad Magic Plus. Um, and, uh, you know, it's happening. I, I think <laughs> maybe we, I think we need to quote. I mean, I don't want to quote out of the whole patent completely because yeah. it's 22 pages and a lot of diagrams mm-hmm. and fun stuff like that and it's quite tedious but um just to, yes it is i mean it, 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 it oh it, it they explain everything <laughs> you'd ever want to know all um, patents are yeah no they yeah. have to be because they otherwise be. uh they'd be and you know you could be turned down and all that stuff can i say something real quick yeah sean um mike said it's like my magic plus i i think that's uh going a little bit more high level than what this is um from from the patent, it makes me think it's just a new ride reservation system, not the whole. You have your room key, your your um, park ticket, everything on the on the wristband. I think it actually is, but we'll do you want to? Well, we'll discuss that in a second. Yeah. Um. Uh, the the as all patents, they open with an abstract. So I just want to read from this real quick, just to explain what's going on. Uh, queue management system in accordance with president and buys may included blah blah blah. The idea is that there's a data server and that there's a queue management system that interfaces with various technology and devices. Um, also, additionally, the queue management system may include a reservation uh, right uh, right allotment system of the data system blah blah blah. Right, uh, and also there's a few. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not reading the rest of this too. Um, there's also a few diagrams. It relates to a central, uh, it's a little tower computer, but we all know that that's not what it is, except my magic plus, which is actually run off of an old G three power Mac, um, considering how reliable it is. Um, (laughs) but the diagram is, uh, it basically has a Ferris wheel with a internet system, a point of sale device system, text messaging, uh, home computers, uh, guest entry system, tracking system, automated phone system, and a redemption system, quote unquote. And a lot of these people have little, um, they're, they're little stick figures with um, little cards <laughs> they're holding, it looks like. Or you could interpret them as wristbands, either or. And it all gets sent into this main abstract, a, uh, a queue management system, a database in the cloud, not run on a Power Mac G3. Um, so that's kind of the abstract. Um, there's also a few figures that cover. Um, tickets purchased, um, automation, flow charts, flow charts like <laughs> none other. Um, they're wondering if there's mo- like if they buy tickets, is there there's mobile device? 
They want to provide access to your mobile device. They want to determine the group size, who would be in contact, um, who you know who wants to be in contact. Is there when are they going? What do they want to? What times do they want to reserve? Um, there's the reservation system itself. There's a identification and services uh, guest relations is in here a lot, which is going to be just fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. um, a lot of you know, is there a uh, reservation for the group larger than a threshold? So is there you know only five slots but ten people in the group? Um, can we you know book on another time? Is there sufficient capacity? I mean, it goes on and on and on, and you know, including one for guest entry into a ride or a theme park. With more yes and Does no it say theme park? It says guest entry detected with a yes or no uh, uh, thought bubble being uh, yes, the reservation is automatically made for the attraction, and no, no reservation is made. So that's not for the theme park, but it is um, in the, the opening diagram specifically uh, noted as guest entry system. Right, but I thought that was for the ride. Not I'm for not. The, I'm not seeing that as the ride. I, I think there might be both. I think. The, yeah. I mean, I read this last night at at two a.m. But like one of them says, "Hey, they're in the park. You know, make the reservation go. Like, put it in the queue. Yeah. And then when you get to the ride, then it. I don't know. Or when you get near the ride, then it makes it even more final. Um, right, but the way I read that was. That's when it when the your reservations are tied to your ticket and the, when the ticket enters the park, not like when you have a wristband that your ticket's on. Okay, that's very possible. Right. I can see. At that. least that's the way I I read it, but I could be wrong. I read it more of like a tracking type thing. Like, okay, they're in the park. They're gonna go here. They're gonna go here. Where we need to make sure that X Y Z is in place for them. There is a there is a tracking aspect to it. So yes, I can see that also. Um, also on here is a open communication. Uh, with a reservation system, and it looks like it uh, creates a custom itinerary based on analyzing attraction preferences, data, preference data, and optimized with algorithms to define guest itinerary. So it sounds like something like touring plans or uh, something of that nature they're looking at in addition to um, a ride reservation system. Um, also interesting is a what, – which I think is actually really cool is a member uh, – a party member, um, like uniting kind of thing. Like you could break off with your family or re- reunite mm-hmm. for certain rides, or you know, if someone's lost, um, things like that. Um, or somebody wants to come in later to the park. Yeah, exactly. So I, you can. I, it's specifically stated in here: identify meeting location, and also identify groups of individual or individuals and concern or and confirm desire for overlap. So that's another um, thing they're looking into, and then about fifteen pages of text, uh, just, <laughs> just just walls and walls and of text. Walls. It's it looks like a, it looks like a dictionary, calling out figures and all sorts of fun, 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 fun things. Um, President Biden's also inclu- also facilitate group meetings within the park for parties that arrive separately, parties that that separate once inside the park, or parties that desire certain overlapping and scheduling. Um, Meeting up with parties. Um, I've only had a chance to really uh, glance over this because I've been incredibly busy today. But um, yeah, it sounds like they're they're making strides in their interpretation of. I want to say interpretation because this is not my magic plus. 
of a My Magic Plus like system. Um, what are your guys? What are your guys' additional thoughts? I've been talking for quite a while. Someone go. <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I I don't know. You know, as much as I bellyache about My Magic Plus, I really don't know many of the particulars. But to me, this seems a lot more flexible. And you don't have to know exactly where you want to be, what day and when. And and at Universal, in particular, it's easier anyway to be more flexible because it's easier to get between parks. Um, but it seems like you just like say, I want to be there in the afternoon, and they kind of work around that. And if it works as good as it they want it to then it just kind of works seamlessly um but you know we all know how technology is um it mentions um fees and tiers so it kind of makes it sound like it's replacing or like it's a new reiteration of express pass to kind of adapt with technology one and then two where the resort's heading with growth um yeah so where like okay Here's the way I look at it. I think this is the future of Express. Um, I think it's also probably going to be more tiered towards like their non-deluxe um, hotels whenever they open. Um, maybe this will eventually be you know purchase- purchasable for APs and day guests that aren't staying on the hotels, but I, I just feel like this this screams Cabana Bay to me. How to get mm-hmm. Cabana Bay into the Express Pass system without having yeah. it, the blanket, get in for everything, whenever you want, kind of right. thing. Like I, I feel like the deluxes will still stay. You have Unlimited Express. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I do. There's, I mean, there's no reason not to. With the increase of people going but it doesn't and if you're increasing the number of hotels you're increasing the number of people the number of people there and if you're going to start opening it up express pass to all the tiers of your hotel then no, 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 i think that's well i think i just don't see it i, I think this is going to be the end of express pass all day long unlimited i don't that's, not for the not for the 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 deluxes i i don't i I think this is it. I think this is the end of it in the future. It's not now. Obviously, this is going to be years in development. I think I we're know. sussing out way more about policy than is actually stated here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Well, I mean, what's stated there, we've already gone over. It's. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, it doesn't affect me. I've never needed to use Express at Universal. I've yeah. ne- Except for Halloween Horror Nights, I've never felt the desire to have Express at Universal, so it's, have, I don't know, it doesn't really affect me. Have any of y'all ever had Express? Yeah. No, I have not. I, I had the, um, what's the, the highest level annual pass for one year where you get it yeah. after four o'clock and it, it changed nothing about the way I toured it. it right. I mean, it did nothing for me. I think I rode maybe four attractions using it the whole time I had it because, I, it just didn't change anything. And actually, it made my wait longer at The Mummy using the Express than if I will wait, waited in the regular line. <laughs> oh, the so. irony. Um, another thing stated in the patent that I just want to make sure we cover, because um, I think it's an interesting bit of uh, information. 
uh, two bits is right at the beginning of the background of the key mm-hmm. management system and method. Um, it basically outlines what what this is, but also very importantly, it states uh, in uh, since the early twentieth century, amusement parks have uh, uh, have substantially grown in popularity. In order to address the increasing demands, parks have ab- expanding at tremendous rates, adding attractions and space. The addiction, the addiction, but also the addition of attractions, um, rides, <laughs> restaurants, shops, and shows generally provides an amusement park with additional capacity to handle a larger number of guests. However, the additional, the additional additions, attractions also typically provide potential guests with an incentive to visit the theme park. Thus, with a pop, with a, while a pop particular amusement park may add additional capacity, the additional capacity doesn't always result in reduced wait times for attractions because there is a, often a corresponding increase in attendance. That's the first part. Um, so they want to um, reduce operating inefficiencies and uh, distribute lines more effectively um, while making the queuing for attractions is a... Uh, uh, always an issue for theme parks, and also noting that guests continually demand bigger, better, and more elaborate attractions and a better overall experience. Which is basically what My Magic Plush is doing. It's all about knowing how many people they need at what attractions to operate it and where you're going to be so they can staff and all that. So Yes. Now, based on... Now, now, this is all conjecture right now, as if what we have been doing this whole time hasn't been. Um, <laughs> is This sounds like My Magic Plus is blanket, everyone, everything, tied to purchasing, tied to entry, tied to reservations online before, um, online, uh, yeah, before your trip. This sounds more very day of trip. And also not for everyone. This sounds like a an upsell, not a replacement mm-hmm. for. Oh, definitely. Because um, my Magic Plus replaced Fl- Fast Pass with Fast Pass Plus. It's replacing Turnstiles. It is replacing Paper Media. It is replacing your Key to the Car, Key to the World card. It's replacing trying to replace your credit card. Um, it's trying to do all these things. And also add on uh, reservations for restaurants and attractions before you arrive and just everything you can imagine all in the one big kind of colossal system. This seems to be purely for entry – well, not entry in the park. I'm sorry. It seems purely for ride reservations, um, determining itineraries and if people want to meet up again. And I believe that there's something about – uh, discounts or somehow notifying someone if there's a low lo- wait time or something like that. Did you guys? Yeah, there's like guys text that? message alerts yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it's an expansion to the um, to the QBot and Express Line system that they had before, um, and it's in-house, universally grown, not an outside company providing it like QBot is. Uh, those are available at Six Flags and all that stuff. Um, so I, I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. Okay. Um, that it is, you know, we, we don't know, I guess, who's really in charge of My Magic Plus. Um, seems like there's a lot of different contractors and, and whatnot. And I'm, I'm, certainly there will be contractors involved with this. But this was the inventors on this this patent are are three gentlemen who have worked for Universal for years now. Um, they've all worked in ops. Some of them worked in creative. So they may be able to 
um, foresee certain problems and, and, and plan for certain things that it seems like the my magic plus didn't look into, it wasn't very ops, um, considerate. Whereas this is designed by three ops guys who have been with universal for 20 years yes, or more. And one of them started working as a custodian at SeaWorld and worked attractions at Universal and worked ops at Universal. So they have a lot of um, experience with these things, and they've been working on um, guest flow and, and, and ops for years, according to LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, so that, that should maybe assuage some fears. And, you know, if you've never used ExpressPass before, then it may not affect you ever, so... Well, yeah. and it also sounds like it's kind of like Disney jumped into the deep end with My Magic Plus, and this is more like okay, we're going to wait out, we're going to test a little bit, see what happens, then we'll try a little bit more, then we'll try a little bit more. So it seems like they're going about it in a different manner than Disney, which might benefit instead of people not being able to get into hotel rooms and stuff. But who's to say? And maybe the the Q-Bot was like a test for this sort of thing. Because it's the, yeah. sort of the same kind of thing where you it make it. It had resi- to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because it showed up and it vanished, like, really quick. I think it's still around, isn't it? Yeah, it's still there. Is it? I haven't seen yeah, it in a while. Sure. Okay. But uh, m- most people don't have the need for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But it, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this, and, and maybe we can, you know... um. I guess if you haven't been following on Twitter, we're, we're trying to have um, Seth Kaberski on, who who writes um, a Universal Guidebook, and he works with touring plans a little bit. So maybe he can come on and, and maybe discuss this a little bit, um, you know, in the future. Um, but this is uh, this is something to talk about. Yeah the the whole the whole Express system has always pissed a lot of people off, but, but so this this will be interesting. Yeah, a lot of people have never been happy about you having having to buy them, but yeah, I mean you'll have to buy re- this too. But I remember before you had when you um when it was free, you you got it. You go in, they had like a console box set up, and you could pick from attractions in the general area, and it give you a, fa- a little express pass return time, and you go do your thing. It's a lot yeah. like Disney, and then they ripped all that out and they swapped it. So. I still have a Storm Force Accelerator Express Pass <laughs> ticket <laughs> of all things. Does it have a uh, uh, an expiration date on it? I don't. I don't even know. It's somewhere in my paper box, full of all kinds of maps and stuff. Somewhere in my closet. I would love so for I you to try to redeem that. I had a <laughs> I had a fast pass for when I got in the hot seat at uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play it in like two thousand one. Nice. I kept that in my wallet for like a decade. You couldn't. You couldn't awesome. even tell what it was at the end of it. You just saw a little, <laughs> a little strip of a little bit of purple on top. <laughs> I was like ten points away from getting in the main seat. Oh, dagger! I know. Um, reading this a little bit more, it does sound like that there is reservations to uh, make before they come to the park. Right. Right. And yeah, also, it's a good thing. Which is well, it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. Um. Considering how fast uh, fast passes are going now, yeah, I mean well, that that's the problem. But yeah, you don't want to get up early and run to Epcot for Soren, or if you don't want to get up and run the Despicable Me, you know, it kind of works. But, but again, fast passes go like hotcakes because everybody can get them. 
Yeah. It's not everybody can get them at Universal. You're you're going to have to buy into this. Yes. Or it doesn't come w- w- right. And, and also, they talk about uh, utilizing mobile or wireless technologies to uh, to wait in a virtual queue while you're um, relaxing or in other areas away from the amusement park. Um, you know, there's st- the standard jargon that sounds a lot like somewhat of my magic pluses. Um, I guess we, we need to cover this before everything gets crazy out of, you know, out of control about how, you know, fans only like my magic plus when universal adapts it or whatever bullshit they're going to pull out of their ass this week. <laughs> um, so what, let's cover what is the specific differences from what it sounds like right now. We cannot st- stress this enough. This is a patent. <laughs> this yeah. could, this could happen 20 years from now. It could never happen. It could be announced tomorrow. I don't know. Um, what do you what do you guys think is the difference between my magic plus and this system so far that we've uh read into well here's here's how I feel about it first of all, I don't think Universal will spend one point five billion dollars on this project. Yes, I agree with that. um I don't think Universal will not be building major attractions while they're doing this and rolling it out um. Those are my biggest problems with my Magic Plus. My Magic Plus and Fast Pass Plus will probably be an annoying deterrent for me for being excited about Disney World, but I don't think it's going to ruin the Disney World experience by any means. Um, I mean, it's going to suck for like a couple years while they get all the bugs out of it, but um, my big thing is it's not going to completely change the way I experience a universal vacation because mm-hmm. it's going to be a buy-in. Not everybody's going to have it. It's not going to, you know, increase lines like crazy. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm just not at this point. I don't have enough to worry about it. Whereas I know about my magic plus. I know what my magic plus is doing. I don't know what this is going to end up being. That's me. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm kind of the same place. It's it's not going to change the way I do Universal because I'm probably not going to pay for it. If I'm not staying at a resort hotel that I get it for a perk for staying there, I'm I'm not going to pay for it because I don't see the need for it express. I've never used had to have it. I've never I don't feel like I need to ride the Hulk 20 times in a trip, so I don't need that unlimited constantly getting back on the rides type of things i'm perfectly fine walking around and finding a spot and sitting down for 30 minutes and just watching the lagoon at ioa because that's the way i tour now um my magic plus completely changes everything i know and do at disney because you're you're talking to somebody who at one point in his life has held a fast pass for every attraction in the magic kingdom that had a fast pass (laughs) at one time I know the system. I know how it works. I know how to play the game and how to get fast passes and stuff. And now I can't do that. So it is going to change that for me. And I think that's the big thing is once I figure it out for me, once I figure out the way that's going to be best for me and Jennifer to go down to Disney World and tour with that system, it'll be different. But right now, the the whole aura of change is the whole thing that I have with it that I can't do what I 
I normally do and what I like to do when I'm there right now. So that's me. Okay. Two things. One, it's very similar to the, the previous argument, um, City Walk versus Disney Springs. Two similar things, but two different ways of going about it. Um, you know, City Walk's being done quickly, without much fanfare. Disney Springs is this long, drawn-out thing that is supposed to replace something new coming. And it's the same thing with My Magic Plus. It's, it's meant to um, substitute additions because they think it's a mature business and they just want to move people around different ways and find different ways to squeeze money out of you. Whereas Universal even acknowledges it in the, in the thing that Joe read and even more than what he actually read is that, you know, they recognize that, you know, the, the market has grown. And when you expand, not only do you increase capacity, but more people come. So they need to find a way to, to work around the long lines to keep guests happy and to better use a lot, utilize the spaces that they create. If people are in line, they can't be at three broomsticks drinking a butterbeer. Whereas if they had this, they could be drinking a butterbeer and looking at their iPhone and their iPhone could say, Hey, you can go in for Britain journey now. Um, so that's, that's the big difference for me. And number two is that we, we touched on this is that express pass is not for everyone. You have to either buy it or you have to stay at a resort. And that's what makes that system work. Fast pass is available to everybody. And people max out fast passes at 9 a.m. for popular attractions where you can't ride these things. And that's another problem with Disney is that they don't add capacity. They don't add new attractions. So it exacerbates the problem. So you have Epcot where everybody runs to the land at 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning. And by 11, fast passes are gone. Because there's nothing else to do there. They're closing capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there's, it's similar in some ways, but there's two different ways of going about it. And that's why I think I'm, I don't feel as bad about this as I do about the other thing. Because Universal is still adding things at an amazing rate. And they have really reshaped and revitalized their resort. Um, so that's where I'm at with that. Um, so I'm done. Yeah, I, I agree with Mike on that, that the big, the big difference is that they're adding attractions in addition to this program. Um, Disney's next attractions coming up is a D ticket coaster sometime in 2014. And then 13 and then three years later, we're getting, Joe, why are you saying the coaster is going to suck? I'm not saying the coaster is going to suck. I'm just saying <laughs> you just call it a D ticket. Joe, you call it a D-ticket. So Everyone knows D-tickets suck, Joe. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. My apologies. I'm sorry. Oh, it's boy. E I heard, I'm sorry I heard e everyone's feelings. Um, oh, boy. The, the, the issue is that, I mean, they're not adding anything. And the only way they're adding capacity is through artificial means, by speeding up the, the Omnimovers, by cutting down the showtime for, um, for Country Bear Jamboree. Um, mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that, artificial increases of capacity in, and also implementing this policy. When FastPass first came out in late 90s, Disneyland saw it and Paul Pressler saw it as an opportunity to advertise like new attractions without building attractions. <coughs> this is the same for overlays. So even though overlays are a little different situation, it was the same general concept reuse the existing infrastructure without building anything new and trying to get people to come to the parks, assuming there's something new there when there isn't. 
There isn't new experiences. It's just a new way to experience what's there that's more efficient, which is fine, but you have to be expanding. And that's the difference, and that's a big problem. And that's something that Universal's not doing. I will say this. If they, like, announce this in two months or something, you know, ridiculous like that, and we don't see any movement on 2015 projects or even the Jurassic Park coaster, which people still say is going to open 2014, then I'll start to worry. Yes. Yeah. Considering that we're hearing more rumors coming out of Universal than we are about Disney and that this is a project that's coming through, I I am more hopeful than what I am with the MyMetric Plus situation. So have we beaten this horse enough? Yeah, um, have fun with this, people. Um, You know, have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't wait to see people go apeshit over this. um, Should we share the patent number or anything like that, or...? Yeah, we'll put the link in the in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely want to have blog. Um, Seth and Derek on to talk about this, maybe in the future. Yeah, maybe, maybe next week because the next month. Because Derek or so. is the world's biggest Express Pass fan, and and Seth knows a lot about. He's worked at Universal, and he's he's there every day working on his guidebook. So he's very in tune with this thing, and he's read a lot of patents. So it'll be interesting to see his perspective on this. Yes, yes I check agree. the blog, guys. Check the blog. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, let's move on to your questions. Um, and, how about oh, we sorry. skip listener questions? We got a bunch Maybe. of them. Well, we ha- we we've gone pretty long. Eh, who cares? So <laughs> okay. we always go long. That's I mean, yeah, it's just what we do. That's unprofessional right. for a reason, man. <laughs> hey, People we're really need to. People are going to need to listen to something on Wednesday when they're all hungover from New Year's Eve. Exactly. Another double episode, guys. Well, well, they're all about to start going to the gym again anyway for their, you know, their New Year's resolutions for the two days that they go in January. So um, this will give you something to listen to while they run. Now, um, one thing before we get to – one thing really quick before we get to um, questions and answers is um, one thing that we didn't talk about was E.T. added a single rider line, which – Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, I heard, oh. yeah, that's that's cool. Um, oh yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, yay! Yeah. That was like uh, two weeks ago. So that was that's something new that they added, which is cool. I think any single rider lines that they add is great. So, well, that doesn't matter because they're going to tear it out and put in a uh, Smurf Smurfs. ride, so no one cares. Oh yeah. Speaking of ET, um, <laughs> you know, friend, my friend uh, Kaylee, she just celebrated her one year with Universal, and she works at ET. So congratulations. Yay. Yay. So go go see Kaylee at ET and point and laugh at yes. her for being friends. She's with saving Mike. the green planet on a daily basis. Thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, um, and really, I, I kind of want to editorialize here for a second. Sure. Um, there's been a lot of talk about um, crowds or lack thereof in in Orlando this week, and and I suggested that maybe. They're just spread out better now because there's more offerings. Um, where Magic Kingdom has Fantasyland, New Fantasyland, and then um, Isles of Adventure has Harry Potter, and Studios has Minion Mayhem and Transformers. And I, I think that's kind of skewed the way people tour Orlando, and it, maybe that's kind of showing through, or maybe people are just going less. But it, you know, if it, if they are being spread out better, it, it's just it shows how smart it was to. And how key it was to build Transformers as fast as they did and where they did yep. and when they did it. 
Um, you're going to see how big that helps when you see the attendance figures next year that come out and how studios handles diagonally a little bit, I think. So, and I, I just think it, it's very smart how they managed to spread out the crowds at Universal and in Orlando. So I completely agree about your saying the crowds were just more spread out, but they were there because, I mean, the past two years, studios had nothing. I mean, relatively... Had no one going to it, and I mean, the, I saw the wait times for this past week. They were still pretty damn high everywhere. So I don't know what people are saying when they're saying crowds aren't there. Because I think they're just looking simply at closures. Yeah, there's been no closures. I mean, but they can't get to the Magic Kingdom because the monorail's closed. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of a plan. It makes all sense now. Um, you know, and if they built new things at studio at Hollywood Studios and at Animal Kingdom and Epcot, then there would really be no closures, you know, yeah. because people yeah. would just be everywhere. So, all right, that's just my little thing, and, and that's just hard to put in 140 character tweets. So, I wanted to get that out. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, okay, let's get into some of your uh, questions. Um, we'll start know. off. We'll start off with U R U O R Buzz, a friend of the friend of the podcast. By the way, he takes um, pictures daily, and he goes to the parks pretty much daily. Of and he takes pictures of Diagon Alley, and he posts them to his blog, and he also tweets them. So he's a good person to follow on Twitter. Yes, and uh, good to check out his his photo sets. Exactly, yes. check him out. Um, he wants to know what bands would we like to see coming to Mardi Gras this year? Well, next year, but this year when people listen to this, or whatever, <laughs> in twenty fourteen. <2014. laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not a music guy. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, I like music, but I just never really got into Mardi Gras or understand it. But I, I think if only we had cool, some, but... if only we had someone on this podcast who isn't from the area who could understand it and explain it to us. <laughs> <laughs> um, Universal Mardi Gras and New Orleans Mardi Gras are two different animals. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, uh-huh. Um, the person who would get me to drive or fly down to Orlando for Mardi Gras would be probably Casey Musgraves, a, a, a promising new um, country artist who is more traditional slash more Americana sounding. Um, so doesn't, I would go down to see her. She's new YouTube and video. she's uh, getting a lot of popularity. Doesn't reflect that YouTube video that was out last week? <laughs> no. She's, okay. she's on the, the good side. Good. She's fighting the she's good fight. She's something to be hopeful for. Fighting the good fight. Um, next up is our, is friend of the podcast, Peplock. He wants to know, how does one earn the label friend of the podcast? Well, <laughs> there you Congratulations. go. Congratulations. <laughs> you moved up. Uh, <laughs> no, he needs to give us a five-star review on iTunes. Yes. <laughs> go, go to our, go to our, our blog, click on the link, subscribe or rate on iTunes and rate us five stars on iTunes. So if you guys could do that some more, that'd be awesome. And you'll and definitely... Email- Email Joe at Joe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can file all complaints at Mike. Epcot Explorer <laughs> at blank.com. <laughs> Epcot Explorer at yeah, yahoo.com. Um, that's on his real email address. That's why I said that. Uh, um, from our buddy Theme Parks for Life, friend of the podcast, Theme Parks for Life. <laughs> They want to know uh, if we could clone any one ride from any coast. Um, I don't know if that would be terms of West Coast, East Coast, or including bodies of water. I would guess wet East Coast, West Coast. Okay. 
Um, if you could clone any ride coast to coast, which would it be? Indiana Jones. Indiana adventure. Jones Adventure. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. Let's all be honest. Here. It's Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. Or Pirates of the Caribbean. The good version. Yeah, pretty much indie, indie all the way. Um, yeah. I agree with that. Although weird dark horse candidate that I would really love to see. Alice in Wonderland dark dark ride. Oh hell yeah, I love that dark <laughs> because ride. That's that my favorite. dark ride is awesome. It is awesome. It continues Disney's uh, tradition of killing you at the end of the ride, which I yes. love. Um, yeah, <laughs> that. Uh, uh, I would like uh, the good Space Mountain. I think. Oh yeah, there you go. Well, the good, yeah. the good ride, Space Mountain. I believe the whole yeah. entire package is better at Disney World, but the ride is superior at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then surprised. again, I feel like if they actually rebuilt the track like they did, Walt Disney World's probably would be better. How about yeah, would... talking about proper versions of attractions? How about proper Fantasmic? Mm. Uh, no, you know, new I'll show completely. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we're almost fixing to go on 20 years now. Phantasmic's yeah. problem at Hollywood Studios isn't the show. It's just that it looks so run down. I don't really think no. the Disneyland show is that as It doesn't have Pocahontas. It doesn't have Pocahontas. That makes yeah. it alone yeah. better. That makes it alone better. I don't better. have a problem with Pocahontas. I don't either. But I like Peter Pan's much better. That's That Listen. segment is significantly better. Listen to I, me. I, yes, I Mike? Nothing should be running for twenty years. Yes, I when agree. it's a, well, a nighttime spectacular. Nighttime yeah, yeah. There should be no parades running twenty years. There should be no fireworks show running twenty years. Things change, tastes change, technology changes, properties come come and go. You have New to movies come out. refresh. Exactly. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, Another Dark Horse uh, suggestion, the Monsters, Inc., uh, Mike and Sully to the Rescue. Yeah. Another good one. Better, I think that ride's better than um, Little Mermaid. I agree. I'll throw that uh, one down there. Uh, another, thing that would be, another thing that would be really cool is if they could pick up the whole studio tour from Hollywood and move it to Florida. <laughs> like it was an actual functioning studio. and yeah, That would be cool. that would require moving Hollywood, and I don't know how po- yeah. possible that is. Because trust me, Michael <laughs> Eisner tried very hard. <laughs> he got Ernest to move. He did get Ernest to move. He all, <laughs> Ernest also fed a uh, bologna sandwich to a, uh, uh, a tree topiary, if I'm not mistaken. And didn't he ride Splash Mountain too? I forget. That was Kermit the Frog. Oh, okay. My apologies. That's all (laughs) I remember from those, uh, from that special. I was haunted by it. Um, Friend of the podcast, Inside Universal, at Inside Universal on uh, Twitter. What do you think about your friends on the West Coast? Um, I like my friends on the West Coast. I have several (laughs) friends on the West Coast. Um... (laughs) They work. Some of them work at Disneyland. Some of them don't work at Disneyland. Um, lots of fun. Okay. Uh, okay. I would assume he was talking about Universal, Universal Studios Hollywood. Hollywood. Well, I think no. he missed the plot, Jim. <laughs> Inside Universal does a lot of what we do. Well, yeah. they, they take a lot more construction pictures. They also do a podcast, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, and when I them. said that nobody's talking about Despicable Me Land, I misspoke because Inside they Universal... Do. It's the only time. reason that I even know about it because they tweet pictures of it a lot recently. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you are a fan of both parks or both resorts, or I mean, is it a resort yet? Um, uh, it will be. 
you know, that's oh, a good I person actually to follow. have a little, little, um, little tidbit about Universal Hollywood okay. that I completely forgot about until now. Um, I was told that Steve Burke was at Universal Hollywood a couple weeks ago and told them that, um, the one of the largest hotel projects in the United States will be starting at Universal Hollywood very soon. Wow. Wow. Because I think Cabana Bay is currently the largest hotel project. Yes, it is. So you're looking at something on Cabana Bay st- style scale, if not bigger. I would imagine. Bigger. That's going to be awesome. Yes. I was going to tell y'all, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the polar coaster, the West Coast polar coaster. Yeah, I definitely think we should do a, a podcast with them. You know, like join up or something sometime. Yeah, 2014 should be interesting for for our our little ragtag band of theme park geeks, misfits, bandits. Yeah. Um, from uh, Russ Hayward at um, I'm not gonna uh, at I swear to God you can't make this one up at one underscore hung underscore low. So at one hung low <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> um, he wants to know our thoughts on the Paramount Park coming to good old United Kingdom. I'll believe it when I see it. He's also yeah. from uh, Maidenstone in Kent, so there you go. And he does not like Liverpool, so whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I isn't this the one that's like thirty-five acres or something ridiculous? No, yeah. it's bigger than that. Oh, it's bigger than that. Okay. It's no, like, the thirty-five. That's thirty-five acre ones. The Fox, uh, or twenty-five acres oh, yeah. or something. Fox theme park in yeah. Malaysia. Miami. Oh, Malaysia. No, the Miami yeah. one would be bigger. The Miami Wilds project is bigger than that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This um, is the Paramount Park going into the UK. From what I understand, was kind of the same setup as the one that was supposed to go in Spain okay. before it was canceled. So it had like you know like Mission Impossible, Titanic. Um, Star Trek, Star Trek, Rango, um, and like Sleepy Hollow, and it, it looked like it would have been a good park. Um, just, I, I don't know. I just, I think, you know, there's so many UK people that come to Orlando that for the, the Paramount Park would have to be amazing for them to keep people like there. At least that's that's the way I feel like about the UK. They make, their, they make their four-week voyages over to right. uh, America. They rent yep. their vacation homes. They spell color with a U. <laughs> they, right. they, right. they have they high they have high noon tea. And from what I saw, the, the Paramount Parks looked like they could be good, but I don't believe it will be built. Okay, so that's more <laughs> of we're back. Oh, there we go. Mike's back. Yay! Yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was gone. Yeah, he Mike was, left. <laughs> Mike left. We just talk about the Paramount Parks, so no big deal. Uh. In the UK. Uh, it, it was a sign from the, the Skype gods. Exactly. <laughs> um, from front of the podcast, uh, Derek Bergen. Never heard of him. Um, all the new <laughs> venues coming to CityWalk, which ones are you most looking forward to the most? Uh, Derek, oh, I would like already. you to listen to the podcast. Uh, you're not being invited <laughs> back on. You should listen to the one from like one or two times ago. Uh, no, um, I think Anahito sounds amazing. Uh that's all the universal ones. All the universal ones, yeah. Antihitos and the new Italian place, and also Red Cowfish Box. sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Box, I can take or leave, but Cowfish sounds pretty good. Any place that serves beer. Um, 
from a friend of the podcast, Ryan Kennedy, at Imagineer6 on Twitter. What was the most ridiculous argument made by a Disney fan this year? <laughs> That's oh, a goodness. tough one. <laughs> That's a good... I mean, I was, just this weekend would be tough. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, anything that Westcott Center, not West Coaster, <laughs> anything Westcott Center said, I think, was uh, is up there. Um, What's that other dude that's always like, leave Disney alone? Oh, Chris? No. Uh, is he going? no uh, um, I can't think of his name. Disney Phil. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's... <clears throat> yeah, but I think he has something wrong with him. I, th- it's, it's, I think any, anybody talking about Noah Fine Art in a positive light <laughs> yeah, is that's pretty true. ridiculous. Um, I think, God, what else was ridiculous? I think Limited Time Magic defending, you know, the Any, Anything Epcot Explorer has said. Oh, come Ooh. on. Ouch. <laughs> Jesus I'm kidding. Christ, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean, yeah, the, the, the I'm buying three t-shirts for this attraction because it no longer exists and pretending like it's going to give send some sort of statement back to the company. Pretty ridiculous, I'd yeah. have to say. Justifying buying a Christmas shirt on uh, Valentine's Day would be right up there for me. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I love Um, From friend of the uh, podcast, Derek Bergen. Uh, again, I, I've never heard of this guy. Um, still in my queue, seeing the insane crowds and wait times this week. What's the longest you have ever waited for an attraction? Oh, I, I, I got everybody beat. I think I, I waited. Beat. I think I waited two hours for Hypersonic XLC in Kings Dominion, and that's the oh. longest I've waited. <laughs> I got everybody beat, and I wrote I it the first year it opened because that was when they still had the the front nose cone trains, and they didn't have the ridiculous restraints, and it was still yeah. smooth and fun back when it was a good ride. But now yeah. it's gone. I only, I only wrote it when it was a terrible ride. Yeah, it was really good, like the first year, and then just fell apart. Because who would have thought that uh, inflatable wheels and uh, bolt-together coaster makes a rough ride, you know, after two or three years? <laughs> um, yeah, what, what's your, what were we going to say, Nick? I got you all beat. I'm, I'm going to let y'all go, but I, I got you all beat. Fine. Mine was two and a half hours for King to Ka, and I didn't even get on it because it broke down before I got on it. <laughs> <laughs> like top little dragster, quite literally. And then I got on it like a year later, and I was like, I waited way too long for that ride because it's awful. Actually, you need to go on. Um, Dragster's better at King's Dominion simply because I think it, it has lap bars, not because you mean has, King's not King's Dominion. Cedar Point. I mean Cedar Point. My my apologies. I was getting all my <laughs> all my regional theme parks mixed up. Yeah, better at Cedar Point because it's a lap bar. Mike, um, probably Spaceship Earth 2007. Um, before it opened, they were having soft openings, maybe. So I was hanging around the walls that night. So you're, okay, so that would, you define that as a, <laughs> uh, a waiting. Mike, I may have been working then. <laughs> Fall 2007? They didn't start doing uh, soft openings that early. Yeah, they did. Well, they, they did it for like Thanksgiving, and then they closed it again yeah. and reopened it a month later. Yeah. No, they did because they weren't doing soft. They they didn't even start soft openings until I started working there. No, I'm they, pretty sure they did Matt like a was week. there, and so was Servo. They were there. They were there. It, it happened. I mean, they, they it definitely wasn't open in de- December. It, it, no, it, it wasn't open very long. No, it opened. The, yeah, it was like a week around. No, it was a week. It was like right around. I thought it was right around in October for the for the um for the celebration. They had it open for like a week. And it wasn't done mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. And that's where the, they're going to finish the ending soon, complaints <laughs> like kind of really started from. Mm-hmm. 
And um, then we got triangles. <clears throat> yeah, and all we have are the triangles. Womp womp. All right, so mine was um, I was chaperoning a trip for Uh-oh. a group of, of youth kids. Oh, no. And um, from my church. And uh, they this is the 4th of July. And everyone decided that we needed to wait in line for Soren. Oh, right no. Um, I, it was three hours, guys. Oh. And to top it off, I had already wait, waited an hour and 15 minutes to ride Mission, mission Space with the people. Oh. So, yeah. Same that day. That sucks, y'all. That might answer um, Brandon's question, which is the next one, I think. <laughs> what was your Disney breaking point that caused you to experience with Universal? <laughs> well, all right. Read that question Those again. games are terrible. Let me just say those games are terrible in the queue after you've been there for two hours. Because I think it went down, too, at some point. And here it went down for a little bit, and we didn't leave. We just sat on the ground and watched the video games. Epcot sucks, y'all. <laughs> so from uh, Brandon Struve, from at, at Struve Brandon on Twitter, what was your Disney breaking point that caused you to experiment with Universal? Uh, I guess he's asking, what's our uh, gateway drug to uh, convince others to do the same? Well, I went to Universal when I was a kid, so I never really had a breaking point. Um, I always liked Universal. Um I mean, I'm way more of a Universal fan now, but that comes from, I had an annual pass when I was doing my college program, and I went, like, at least once every other week, and I loved it, Um, and since then, it's gotten better and significantly better and better, and that's why I like it more and more. They're giving me new rides every year. Disney gives me new rides every year. I'll probably be happy with them again, too. You know, I love, I love Walt, you know, everyone always calls me a hater, but I love Walt Disney World. I just hate what they're doing to Walt Disney World. Yeah, we, if we didn't give a crap about it, we wouldn't be angry. Right. Like SeaWorld. <clears throat> exactly. Because who cares? Who cares okay. about their silly whales and penguins? <laughs> Some silly podcaster on my uh, show. Yeah, Nick or Mike? Okay, um, I became an AP before I even stepped on the grounds of Universal Orlando, um, I went after my college program. I said, well, I'm going to try this out because I'm going to be here for a while. So I bought the AP because it was a really good deal and still is and started going. And I was when I first went to Islands of Adventure, I was amazed at how wonderful it was. Port of Entry really just blew me away. Um, you know, And then it's gotten nothing but better since then. And um, Disney really burned me and lost me with the Pleasure Island debacle and how they handled that. And it's just kind of, you know, that kind of killed any kind of illusions I had of how magical things were. Um, let's see. My first trip to Universal was, I guess it was about 2005. Me and uh, my buddies from college on um, spring break, we went and uh, we bought the Power Pass and we went down a few times um, that year. That kind of started me. Um, I wasn't been thrilled with Universal at the time. Like I wasn't completely in love with it. I was still a Disney dude. And I had my um I actually had a Disney World annual pass for about six years, six or seven years. And I was going down like eight times a year to Disney World. So and I, I would still Chris, do it. You, but were you looking for his yeah. Mickeys? 
yeah, I was looking for hitting Mickey's and stuff like that. You know, I you, had a problem. Do you ever think about how much money you spent on those annual passes? I, well, that's that's my breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> they um they finally priced me out of where I was. I I just said you know I can't do it anymore. Um, yeah, I had me and no, Jennifer and me had gotten married, and um, you know when we started crunching the numbers, it just didn't work for us to have Disney annual passes anymore. We had it for um, the first year that we were married, went down a couple of times, and then um, we crunched the numbers, and I had a Universal annual pass about a year before that. Um, as well as a Disney pass. I had them both at the same time. Um, and she wanted to go down there for our anniversary, our first anniversary. And um, so we got Universal Annual Passes, and we've had them going on two years. Now we got the payment plan because we live close enough to Florida, and um, can't beat it. Nice. It doesn't break the bank. Um, for me, I went over um, in 2000 to go visit Iowa for the first time. I um, I always went down to Orlando with my family who are and our family friends who are huge Disney nerds um, to, you know, the, the whole nine yards. So I've always been brought up in that kind of culture. And we went over to Iowa to check out all the new rides and I loved it. And I didn't go back again um, due to various reasons, uh, both to Disney World and I believe Iowa and uh, Universal to like 2004, 2005, something like that. And I spent the day or two there at the parks and saw... Um, that stuff. And then ever since then, I've been going back, um, as a small additional trip or as the main trip itself. So mine kind of thing was, um, coming from a theme park, kind of studying background and liking to experience new things. Um, that was kind of the, the next step, I guess. And, you know, them expanding too, you know, really helps you stay on property yeah. and more to see. Mm-hmm. Brandon wanted to know, you know, what, what we would tell a Disney fan to give them a shot. Yes. To give Universal a shot. And personally, I just think, or how, you know, tell them what to do to give it a shot and how to like it. I just think, you know, there's going to be three years in the next, after 2014, where you're probably not going to get anything big that's new from Disney. That's a ride. Right. Well, yeah, obviously. But I mean, is Disney Springs really going to keep you on Disney property? I don't know. They could probably add like a billion new restaurants to the World Showcase. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) You can still like still go to Disney if you want, but there's no reason why you can't take two days out and try Universal and like just go and go in with an open mind. Because I know there's so many Disney fans out there that go and just if it's not like Disney in every single little point, they're not going to like it. Go in. Don't think about it like well, Disney does this. This is a little different. I don't like it. Disney does this. This is a little different. I don't like it. Go in, go for what they, you know, realize what these parks are, enjoy them for what they are, and you will have a great time. I'm not saying you're going to be a universal fanboy after you go, but you're not going to have a bad time if you go in with an open mind. And, you know, you're just experiencing something new. I mean, right. how many times can you ride Spaceship Earth over and over and over again? I mean, there's and, not an infinite and, amount of endings. Maybe you will come out a Universal fanboy, and then you'll have two great you know resorts to go to when you go to Orlando instead of just one. Yep. And, and also remember, if you go to Universal, it gives Disney impetus to actually build attractions. You're going there for new attractions, so you know it's just one of those things where you don't go. If you keep going back to Disney and they don't build anything, they're gonna not, they're not going to build anything. They're not doing this out of the kindness of their heart. Universal's doing this because they see that they're 
resort has been severely underbuilt and malnourished for a decade, and now they're expanding. And and they also have new owners. So, you know, if you want to see Disney come with up with more stuff, reward people who build attractions. It's, you know, capitalism here. Um, and uh, to go further, um, people who keep saying they're going to wait for Diagon Alley to open, don't wait anymore. Just go. If you're already there in the area, go. Um, because things are going to change between now and then. So go now. Because you're only going to go for a day when you go for that anyway. Because I know how you people are. Um, yeah, that's the thing that kills me when people say You're not going to get everything done in a day anymore. Um, so well, go now and see what it's like now. Right. Don't go just for Harry Potter. Like, yeah. And that's the thing. The people who say they're waiting for Diagon Alley to open are going to go and just go to Diagon Alley. They're not going to go anywhere else. Well, they might go to Hogsmeade. Okay, right. <laughs> They'll ride the Hogwarts Express. And then they'll complain that they had to get a two-park ticket and all they did was Harry Potter. Right. And, like, that's the thing. Like, guys, I, I get it. I get that there's people that don't don't like the franchises that these some of the rides are built off of. But guess what? I don't like a lot of the rides that Disney franchises are, are – or uh, I'm sorry. I don't like a lot of the franchises Disney rides are built off of. But I still like the rides. Mm-hmm. You know, just a, a bad franchise doesn't mean it's a bad ride. See, Hell, Transformers. A good, fr- a good franchise doesn't mean it's a good ride. Exactly. See The Little Mermaid. <laughs> or exactly. Star Tours. And if you don't go to Universal between these openings, you can't appreciate the growth and changes. Yeah. You just see for what it is now. You don't know what it was like in 2007. And also, you don't know what it was like in 2010. I also feel you like... You know what it's like in 2013. I feel like people who say they're going to go for it when Diagon Alley open are the New Year's Eve kind of people who it's like, I'm going to do a New Year's Eve resolution once it starts. And then it's like, I'm going to start it on the 8th and I'm going to start it on the 15th. It's like, yeah, they're going to say it until Diagon Alley opens and, oh, it's too crowded for Diagon Alley. Eh. And then it's like, oh, well, I hear there's another thing opening. I'm going to wait for that to open. And just it's going to yeah. go roll, yeah, next roll, it'll be, roll, oh, roll. I'm waiting for King Kong to open. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like I'm going to keep going back to Epcot because that hasn't opened anything new in seven years. But I'm going to wait until this brand new thing exactly happens at Universal and ignore mm-hmm. these five new attractions that have that have opened since I've been there last. Because people who said they were going for Diagon Alley. Uh oh, did we lose Mike? No. Mike. Oh, yeah, we, we lost. I'm here. Okay. Because uh, uh, you get people who said they were going. They're going to go for Diagon Alley, but they haven't gone for Hogsmeade yet. So, yeah. you know, what's what's going to change? Exactly. Now there's two well, lands. Well, and you have to go in there with an open mind. You can't go in there saying – you can't go in there expecting it to be like Disney because it's not Disney. It's two completely separate places, and you have to treat it as such. And if you don't do that, you know, yeah, you're going to go in there. You're going to have your, your – for lack of a better term, your Disney goggles on and you're going to criticize everything that you see because the trash can is not exactly the same distance as Disney's. And you can't do that. You, you can't, you got to take something for what it is and consider it something unique and special because it's made by unique and different people who do unique and different things. And everybody is unique and different and universal is unique and different from Disney as a result. And look because at, it has a different culture. Look at the Universal boards and when people talk about going to the Magic Kingdom and kind of imagine you saying the same things when going to Universal. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, all they say is like, oh, you just go there and you ride the kiddie rides. I just, that's all it is, the teacups. 
It's like, no, there's a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff there. Just because it doesn't have a height requirement and it isn't a B&M coaster doesn't mean it's a kiddie ride. Fuck you. You know, it's that kind <laughs> of stuff. You know, it's like, right. so go in with an open mind. Just go there. See what it's like. And you know what? It's okay to say, you know what? I didn't like it that much. But I like, you know, yeah. this was okay. Or I got to experience something new. Come in. Don't yeah. immediately trash it. And see if you like it. I mean, it's like trying a new restaurant and, or something. And stop saying you're not going to go because it's nothing but roller coasters because that's just a dumb argument. So just stop that. Just exactly. Stop. Exactly. That's the clear sign of an idiot. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> the great or, thing about the Harry Potter lands is that they are located in the back of each park. Yeah. So it forces these people to walk to the very back of each park. Past some of the best so parts. So they have the to park. walk through these areas. Yeah. And also, um, uh, what was it? Uh, another thing was that uh, Universal is uh, making killing machines because Comcast op- runs them. <laughs> that ridiculous argument. Let's not let's not uh, yeah benefit that with finally you know. finally uh, let's close out um, with friend of the uh, friend of the show Derek Bergen uh, again. He wants to know what's the next breakthrough. <laughs> what's the next breakthrough uh, for meet and greets? Their elimination. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I they pretty much as far as they can go. It's it's this brand new radical concept where there are no meet and greets and the characters just walk <laughs> around. No, I know. I, know. I think they'll just be characters, unless, like, places, doing things. It's it's be magical. It'll be a limited time magic event. That ship out, has sailed. Outside of um, every single character talking, I don't really see where like where they can go. Okay. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think I think Bell is as far as they can take it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's that's about it. That's the that's limitations of a meet and greet. And even then, I don't really consider. I mean, it it's kind of a meet and greet. It's kind of not. I don't know. It's, a it's more of a greet. show. I really don't want to dignify that by calling it a show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not really a meet and greet either. Yeah. I, I, I kind of put that on par with the the Jack Sparrow Pirates League type yeah. of thing, just a little bit more yeah. elaborate. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that's about as far as they can go with these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've run long and triple episode. Triple episode. Um, uh, we've gone longer. Yeah. Well, yeah. barely. That's what she said. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah, we've been at this forever, so screw this. Let's go. Um, All right, see you. You guys got anything else? You want to close it with anything? Have a happy new year, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, are we going to record next week? Yeah, probably. Okay. And why not? I'm sure there'll be some more, uh, some stuff from the hype train. Choo-choo! Choo-choo hype train. Yeah, so... I'm, I'm sure we'll have meltdowns over what we talked about tonight, too. So Yeah, so we'll talk about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm totally tweeting after this this show what we talked about. Don't yeah. disappoint us, people. Yeah, get people um, to definitely listen. I want well, a proper skyfall from this. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, also, just giving you a heads up... Um, what else? Uh, rate us on iTunes, please. That'd be great. We haven't had a f- new review in a while, so that'd be cool to get some. Uh, you can find me at Parkscope Joe on Twitter. Uh, what are you guys' handles again? At, at Sean. Mr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. At Sean underscore Huckle. At Mr. At, X underscore 381. At Capt Michael 87. There you go. I have 800 followers. Thank you, everybody, for making uh, me beat really? Chris Wakefield. I have like 200, 800. so, yeah. 
Screw you guys. I'm closing it on uh, six. Only 200. Building the brand. But to be fair, I was Parkscope for a while and got us most of our followers. So that is true. And to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> you and Mike are like constantly on Twitter too, all the time. <laughs> some of us have jobs that prevent us from being on Twitter at some point. Not my fault. My job's easy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they we'll... blocked Twitter at my work. They blocked it <laughs> finally on the computer. I can't even get on it now. I have to use my phone. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna we're gonna close this off. It's been ridiculously long now. So, yeah. from uh, Mike, Nick, and Sean, this is Joe signing out. Everyone have a happy and safe New Year. We'll see you in the New Year, and Kongaloosh. Love everybody, hate everything. Happy New Year. Swept away.